The Creepy Podcast. 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 Wait, hold on. It is not pot. It is pod. Podcast with a D motherfucker. D, not a T. Vase with crystal. Anyway, this is the Creepy Podcast. Episode 15. Bohemian Groovy Ritual Time. Oh yeah, baby. The ritual. Let's get some chubby babies all full of blood. So warm against your naked buttocks. So full of juicy manna. Yeah, baby. Start up the bar. BQ. Enjoy the show, folks. Hello. <laughs> I'm turning into the Roger Corman of this, to where I make the poster first, and then I make the movie. This episode is based around ritual, and I made the cover for this episode based around a depiction of a a ritual at the Bohemian Grove, which is infamous. And if you like any type of pop culture, you can probably trace it back to Bohemian Grove. It was probably an idea or a concept that was, um, well, let's put it this way. That pop song that you love so much that you won't let me not play, which is why I can't make money DJing anymore, was probably dictated to a, a, a lizard being by a small child who is repeatedly cloned and brutalized and thrown downstairs and killed and doesn't dream anymore. That's all due to the lizard people. There's all sorts of weird rituals and things that go down at Bohemian Grove. And because of those rituals, you get songs like Oh, whips and chains excite me. So, this episode is dedicated to ritual, but since I used the Bohemian Grove image on the front, I felt like I needed to have at least one Bohemian Grove story. So this one is called The Grave. G-R-O-V-E. I don't know what that means. The the Grave. The, the Grovey. The Groovy. I think they misspelled Groovy. The estimated reading time for this post is 26 minutes and 15 seconds, which means 67 minutes and 31 seconds. <laughs> but this pasta is rated 8.3 out of 10 scary fucking menacing pumpkin faces. So let's just uh, take a shit and jump into the pool, shall we? <laughs> oh boy. The grave. I was always a the type. Shit, fuck. Fuck me running. Okay, this is actually what it says. I'm going to read this sentence. This, this is the first sentence. And this has an 8.3 out of 10. Okay. <laughs> All right. This is exactly what is on my screen. I was always a the type 
of guy that enjoyed a good mystery. I was always, uh, the type of guy that enjoyed a good mystery. Do you enjoy a good mystery? I enjoy a good mystery. 26 minutes. I've already spent 15 minutes on the first sentence. Let's just start from the beginning. I'm just going to guesstimate. I was always the type of guy that enjoyed a good mystery. Mysteries like UFO sightings or those two shows about paranormal investigators that stay at night in a haunted house always sparked my imagination as a child and on into adulthood, which is located right next to the clitoral hood. Oh, I'm tired. I'm getting dirty. Oops. Spank me. Some of those shows kept me awake at night. Spank, spank. But that was all part of the fun. I never bought too much into crazy theories. One documentary in particular set my mind racing. It was one of those History Channel shows that explores various mysteries over the course of the hour. This episode talked about the Bohemian Grove. I heard Steve Miller plays there. For those of you who don't know, the Bohemian Grove is a camping ground in the Redwood Forest of California that hosts a two-week retreat in the middle of July for the world's most powerful men. Ubermensch! It is here that they may form a sort of think tank. This has led to some believing that the two-week getaway is actually a meeting for the people who like to sit around in a circle and ejaculate on an Oreo cookie. The New World Order. I don't particularly subscribe to the whole ejaculating on a cookie thing. In fact, it is one of my least favorite conspiracy theories. However, Bohemian Grove was only a few hours drive from my home in Red Bluff, so I somehow resolved that a trip down to the Redwoods would be some good fun. And maybe I'd get some free cookies. I figured June was almost over, so if I head down in a few weeks, I might even be lucky enough to see some VIPs. I called up some buddies of mine and asked if they would be down to do a little backpacking and if they knew what the grove was. They told me that they had heard of it and a change of scenery would be good. So over the next couple of weeks, we threw together some equipment and gear for the trip and headed on down. My friends, Taylor and Joe, read just as far into the Bohemian Grove as I had, so we were on the same page as far as what to expect when we got there. As such, we decided the best time to get to the Grove was a little after dark, so as to avoid any sort of security that undoubtedly be present. Does that make sense? That undoubtedly would be present? Is that would be? According to our map, the best way into the Grove was to follow Smith Creek east from Russian River, and then fork due south. Fork the hell out of due south. The trip itself would take almost a full day of just trucking through the hike, but we wanted to take our time and enjoy being away from Red Bluff. So instead, we'd go halfway and camp a night. That way, we could hike the rest during the day and roll into the grove after sunset. After a few hours, some restroom stops, TMI, and lunch, we'd arrived at Monte Rio, where we'd found a pretty isolated spot to park the car. As we unloaded our gear, we took in the cool, moist air that the shade of the redwoods provided for us. It was a sunny day, and the clouds were sparse. The birds were chirping and singing high in the trees. The day began as the most peaceful display of nature I had ever known. <laughs> now, <laughs> if I know anything about anything as far as horror goes, this is the worst possible thing that could have fucking happened to you. Because shit's about to hit the fan. And we all know that when shit hits a fan, that's a bad thing. It's bad. Foreshadowing. We heard the dancing waters of Russian River lock down the car and headed towards our starting point. It was then, 
among the tallest living things in the world that I knew this place went beyond a simple meeting place for the elite. It was even beyond a force of hidden agendas and conspiracy. This place was mystical. The very air tasted purified like spring water and smelled of rich soil. Perhaps it was the age of the forest that made it that way. Our first day went great. The weather had been perfect all day. Even navigating our rather non-existent trail proved a fun challenge. Boring, boring, boring. Once the sun started singing, we're in our tents. Okay, seriously. 26 minutes? 26 minutes? Really? The forest's nocturnal denizens were not as peaceful as their daytime counterparts. I was awoken by my tent rattling and bouncing around. I heard the flutter of wings and the panic squeaks of some small creature that failed to take refuge under my tent. This isn't like, what, what, are you trying to write Walden? Is this the Walden of creepypasta? Get to the fucking point! Oh, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be testy. This is just, there's nothing happening in this, uh-huh, veil of panic. Seriously, this is goes to show that Bohemian Grove is just really boring. Yeah, this, wow, I'm just still scrolling. Words are going by and none of it is even remotely interesting. Let's, let's go down to the reviews for this. Oh my god, they're all huge. Oh. Eh, no, 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 not doing it. No. We're going to move on. <laughs> I'm just going to go to the rites and rituals section. And we're going to see how many haters we can find. And then we're going to go back to the Holder series because I am dedicated to reading all 15 million of them. So let's see what happens. Let's go to symphonies about drowning. Do you think your water is safe? Free video shows what's really lurking in your water and how it may be poisoning you. Oh wait, that's an ad. Water is dangerous. Drink beer. Or gin, because worms don't survive in gin. Symphonies about drowning. The estimated reading time for this post is 5 minutes, 3 seconds. Really? 3 seconds? 3 seconds. How do you arrive at 3 seconds? <laughs> this is 7.3 out of 10 freaky pumpkins. They're like, uh, they're like a small gang staring me down right now. The faucet is dripping in the bathroom. It has been the whole night. I haven't gone in. Yet. I moved here two months ago. It's my first house and I had no idea what I was getting into. I've been tearing down wallpaper, ripping up carpets, painting everything, pissing and shitting. So, sorry, I, it's my favorite thing to say on the show. I really hope I get to do a pissing and shitting montage. I've done one of the last two. I want to do another one. It's my favorite. And now I'm here in my bedroom with half of my stuff. Still in boxes, listening to the faucet drip, listening to water, fill a bathtub party animal. By the second weekend I was here, I already needed to mow. The yard looked like a jungle. When I started in the front, a guy came out of the house to the left. I waved and shut off the mower. As he waddled over, it was Howard the Duck. We introduced ourselves. His name was Morris. I'm sorry, it's Morris the Cat. And he was fleshy. <laughs> okay, this is an interesting description of somebody. His name was Morris, and he was fleshy, with a rubbery faith. Sweat ran down his forehead as he smiled at me in the already humid, wet morning air. We made small talk for a few minutes, and then, as I got ready to take my leave of the conversation and start to mow the grass, he grasped me. 
hard from behind, his left hand cupping my left pectoral muscle and his right hand violently massaging my right butt cheek. He said something about not being able to quit me. I really have no idea what that means, but seriously, my ass was so tense and so was my left pectoral muscle that, Jesus Christ, I really didn't even notice that his thumb was going in and out of my butthole. I don't even... It's just a weird thing. I don't even understand because it seems like he had one hand one place and one hand another, but wow, that was the best massage ever. We introduced ourselves. His name was Morris and he was fleshy with a rubbery face. Sweat ran down his forehead as he smiled at me in the already humid, wet morning air. We made small talk for a few minutes, and then, as I got ready to take my leave of the conversation and start to mow the grass, Morris leaned into me and lowered his voice. So, um, what's it like in there? In where? My house, I asked. I looked back at it. Standard ranch, split level. Oh, you know, the usual needs a little TLC, so I creep. Some painting. <gasps> oh, I thought he said, his voice froggy and low. <laughs> I am not going to do a double Dutch bus for you. Hold on. Ribbit, I thought, he said. <laughs> I guess I thought it'd be a little more, um, you know, ribbit, ribbit, I can't hold it for... <laughs> Last toilet of my shop and me done sold it. No, I don't. A little more. What, I asked. Well, you know, with what's happened in... Oh, no, don't... Oh, now it's the freaking frog from Parappa the Rapper. Okay, regroup. Blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, with what happened in there. What do you mean? What happened? Did somebody die in there? I looked at my house. Oh my god, somebody died in my house. Nobody told you? Morris winced. Oh, sorry. What happened? The guy who lived there, he, um, he died. It was, um, he said, um, the way people say, oh, in meditation, repetitively and with great belief that something will happen if he continues to repeat it. It was pretty bad. Oh, that's what I heard. At least I didn't see. I'm glad I didn't. He was a nice guy. He looked at me and smiled. His teeth were all yellow in the hot air. He was a good neighbor, like State Farm. That one time when I accidentally ran my wife over 15 times, he understood. And now there's a tree growing in the front yard that will never need to be watered because it's perfectly mulched. I call it Doris. He was a good neighbor. Later that night, as I was trying to get to sleep, I heard the water drip for the first time. A plumber, I thought. I'll have to call a plumber tomorrow. Before I fell asleep, I thought I could hear music from a faraway place. That goddamn EDM club. Really? Avicii? All goddamn night, you fucking idiots! A sound that almost sounded like singing. The doorbell rang the next day. It was Morris, slightly damp from the light rain that had been falling. He sat down in my kitchen and took a mug of coffee I offered him. I'm sorry to um, just elder barge in on you, he said, blowing on the steam. The black surface of the drink rippled. It's okay, I'm not busy today. I wanted to stop by and apologize for yesterday. I didn't tell you everything. Really? I said. 
sitting down across from him. Ooh, here comes the dish. Really, you see, the guy... <laughs> Seriously, spell check your shit. Spell check your mother... Shit. Spell check your motherfucking shit. Here goes the sentence. Really, you see, the guy who used to live here, he, um, he used to talk to me sometimes. He used to liver here. I don't like liver. The liver is evil and must be punished with copious amounts of extremely strong alcohol. That is the only way to drive out the demons. Do not talk to me about the liver. Really, you see, the guy who used to liver here, he, um, he used to talk to me sometimes. About stuff he used to hear in here, he thought he was going crazy. Really? I asked. Did it? What did he think was going on? He thought there was something living in his pipes. What? That's what I um I said. Morris looked at me. His eyes had little splashes of color in the sclera. Little blah. What the sclera? Don't make me go to my thesaurus, my dinosaur friend with the large vocabulary. I don't. I don't know what that is. Little brown discolorations. His eyes had little splashes of color in the sclera. Little brown discolorations. I said, You're crazy. Ha ha ha. Exclamation mark. Quotation closed. After he left, I realized it must have been raining harder than I had thought out there. His seat was all damp. Everything felt damp. The plumber came the next day. He couldn't get the dripping to stop. I needed a shot. He explained he needed a part, and he could be back the next day. Maybe the day after that. That night, I listened to the dripping. I had got used to the rhythm. I kind of liked it almost, the way it sounded like a song I almost remembered. Right as I was about to fall asleep, I heard a weird noise. A sloshing sound sound. It sounded almost like stepping. I looked from my bed without sitting up and peered out into the hallway. I saw a dark figure moving slowly, very slowly, to the bathroom. Demon poop. There was wet noise, wet footsteps. Oh, God. That reminds me of a Halloween party I was at once. Uh, the shadow moved into the bathroom. Oh, the shadow didn't even make it to the bathroom. <laughs> Pissing and shitting. The water drops got louder. I could swear I recognized a song. I wanna piss on you. I woke up the next morning. I didn't know I'd fallen asleep. The bed had wet spots on it like something had been dripping on it. I rushed to the... <laughs> <laughs> I rushed into the hallway outside my bedroom. The ground. There were wet footprints leading into the bathroom. The footprints. <laughs> Why are we doing this? The footprints had too many toes. I called the plumber. The part was still on order. Maybe he'd have it tomorrow. I knew I needed to get out of the house. I emailed my real estate agent. 
I demand she tell me everything she knew. I demand. It should be I demanded. I demand she tell me everything she knew. She got back in touch in a few moments. She didn't know much, but she knows it smells like poo. The guy who lived there before me had died. Suffocated in feces. The house was willed to his sister. She was the one who sold it. My realtor sent me the email address she had for the dead man's sister. I emailed the sister immediately, begging her to tell me more. As I paced about, I stared out my window at Morris's house. In the hot weather, it shimmered like it was underwater. Or feces and pee and feces. Feces and pieces and Reese's feces and Reese's monkey cups. Ah. The sister emailed me back a little over an hour, yo. She thanked me for my condolences and said all she knew about her brother is he got very sick living in that house. She said he seemed paranoid, worrying about his neighbor, telling her about things that lived in the sewers under the house. Things that had moved there from the ocean. They sang songs, he claimed. And I say, this author recently discovered H.P. Lovecraft. I claim, I'm a fan. She said he had seen the drain was knotted with hair one day, and he tried to clean it out. He said he pulled on the long black hairs and they were pulling him into the drain. They wrapped around his wrists and between his fingers dark and slippery like ropes in fetid water. He let go. He told her and they wrapped around his wrists and tried to suck him under to pull into the pipes into their singing. She wrote he was very sick and wished she could have helped him more. She wished me luck in my new home. I should have left. You would have. As you read this, that's what you'll tell yourself. I know. That's what I would say, too, if I read this. But I have heard their songs. They're incomparable drowned melodies. They want me to go to them. They want me to live with them. Follow them. Be their merch person. Their tie-dyed t-shirts. And potentially sell tabs of acid. In their strange, beautiful world of underground rivers and pale bodies and seaweed hair, Morris has been telling me all about it. He's very finicky. He only eats fancy feast. He's helped others go into their palaces. He'll help me too. They sent him up here to do that, to help people like me. He is in the bathroom now. Pissing and shitting and pissing and shitting. Filling the bathtub with piss and shit and water. I'm waiting for him to tell me to strip off my clothes and submerge myself in the piss and shit. To dive into brand new oceans. To grow a beautiful new body. The moon in the sky is dry and beautiful and very far away. In the bathroom, the songs are starting. I recognize every word. Come on, ice cream. Come on, ice cream. Congratulations. I'm a local. I can't Mm-hmm. <laughs>
Maybe I like it raw. Yeah, get down. Keeping it dirty. Down to the floor. Hey there, Lucy Goosey. You are getting the fuck down, yo. I am drunk. Ho ho ho. Yes, you are drunk. You drunk person. Do you like to get the hell down to the floor and keep it low? You know it, baby. Say, what do you think of this creepy podcast business? I think it is kind of groovy. And that Jason Nevermind guy looks like he is easily manipulated. Oh yes, he is very easy to manipulate. Just the other day, I got elbow deep in that guy. What, you got elbow deep in his what? I am drunk. Keep your elbows away from my teeth. Never mind that. On with the show. Oh shit. Jason is reading the Holder series again. It always frustrates him so. I guess I had better get ready for a beating. Oh yes. Such a savage beating. Oh baby I like it bro. Dropping science like Cosby dropping pudding pops. Welcome back, my friends, to the ritual that never seems to end. Uh, I haven't done one of these since episode seven. That was a while ago. I don't really remember what happened up to this point. I think the last one was number 12. So the next one will be uh, the holder of darkness, which is number 13. But at the end of 12, I believe uh, we were... We were at an amusement park, and I got a book I couldn't read. And up to that point, I think I just stabbed a baby. So I'm carrying around a dead baby with a scalpel stuck in it. Someone's stinky eyes. Some some dude with the stinky eye holes put his, his eye in my hands. Uh, there was a lady trying to stab me with her leg bones. I'm carrying around a dead woman and a person's head. And a tattoo and a music box that doesn't work. So, really, these items should never be brought back together. Because something bad is going to happen if they do. So, here we are. Back to the ritual again. Starting with number 13 of the Holders series, The Holder of Darkness. In any city, in any country, go to any mental institution or halfway house you can get yourself to. When you reach the front desk, ask with no hesitation to visit someone who calls himself the Holder of Darkness. The worker will mock you, but you have to stay as calm as possible. You can't smack him even though you want to, you little punkers. Keep asking him until he stops denying and withdraws from his counter to guide you through the corridors. As his behavior changes radically, stay on guard, for if you start hearing one single tiny sinister hiss, you should turn around and flee as far as you can, covering your ears, because the time was bad. Okay. (laughs) If you do not escape in time, the faint sound will turn into a dreadful growling. That will soon merge into a continuous shriek of sheer pain until madness floods you and leaves you to die in deafening agony. It'd be like if Drake and Lil Wayne both decided to to co-front Limp Bizkit. (laughs) And they got Santana to play lead guitar. All right, if the warden remains silent, he will lead you to a closed door with neither handles nor lock. As he ah, pushes it open effortlessly, you will see an ascending winding staircase, which counts. I think it's supposed to be an apostrophe, but it's like some weird glitch. So I'm assuming the word is can't. Uh, it's got a, like a little trademark symbol and something like weird looking. Uh, looks like the Millennium Falcon, possibly, and then an A with a 
little uh, arrow on top of it. There's hidden messages in the Holder series if you look at them closely. You will see an ascending winding staircase which can't possibly lead to any upper floor of the establishment. The door will close behind you and you will not be able to ah, push it back. Past this point, climb and do not turn back, or you will fall into a bottomless pit waiting for living prey to chew upon. I'm going to read this again. Past this point, climb and do not turn back. Okay, that's awkward, but I get where we're going. Keep climbing, because if you don't keep climbing, you will fall into a bottomless pit. Okay, so keep climbing. If you don't keep climbing, you will fall into a bottomless pit. And here's the part, waiting for living prey to chew upon. Uh, uh, Is there prey waiting to chew upon me? In the bottomless pit? (laughs) How are they going to chew on me? I never hit the bottom. It's bottomless. Like, do not count the steps, for knowing how many there are will drive you to insanity. One will then creak, and at that point, you should stop. Another door should appear on your left. If it is on your right, then pray for a swift passing. Enter slowly into the room, and a blinding, obscuring darkness shall descend upon you. You will be required to walk straight forward, for straying even slightly will lead you to... (laughs) Evil's about to happen. (laughs) (laughs) Will be required to walk straight forward. (laughs) For straying even slightly will lead you to be devoured by the roaming and unknown creatures observing you with blinded and purulent purulent eyes. P-U-R-U-L-E-N-T. Purulent. Blind, they're watching you with blinded eyes, and then there's things waiting for you at the bottom of this fucking pit. Blind people looking at you, people waiting for you at the bottom, the bottomless pit. Like this is this is crazy. This is this is insanity. Whoever wrote this is insane. You're an insane person. You're a crazy person for writing this. You are. I can tell because it takes one to know one. All right, all right. Don't want to be devoured by the blind things looking at me. You will know you have arrived when coldness grips you. At this very moment, freeze, or you will die by the hands of the holder who is standing right in front of you. <laughs> Didn't see you there. In complete darkness, even closing your eyes will not prevent you from his horrid appearance. It will form into your mind as the most outrageous monster ever conceived, and madness will try to creep into your brain as worms. Was this translated like in Google Translate from, you know, some obscure Nordic language or something? Because this language is wrong. It will form into your mind as the most outrageous monster ever conceived, and madness will try to creep into your brain as worms over a decayed corpse. It should be like, right? Not, never mind. It's it's supposed to be like a simile, I think. (laughs) His fulminating breath and constant mumbling would be enough to make you cry. But be advised not to utter anything louder than a weeping, for you might wake up what must not be awakened. The only question you will be able to whisper without being torn apart will be, what do they fear? You will feel movements all around you as shudders animate your opponents. You will hear what nameless and incurable diseases will strike the world if they were to be frightened. (laughs) The countless terrors their own fright will unleash on those with a weaker mind than theirs. Amidst the atrocious enumeration of the endless sores the world will suffer. Ooh, I hate sores. They suck. You might hear the simplest, almost ridiculous, yet implacable, implacable. You know, your word choice is insane and your grammar's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) And certain truth they all fear. Do not move again. So do not move and then do not move again. That not moving thing, keep doing that again. Okay. When your head is about to implode, it will stop. Thank God, because I really, I don't want to buy new hats. If you are still able to move, you will find a door in front of you which leads you outside of the ward. There, in the open, in the grass, 
A broken hourglass will wait for you. You are free to pick it up. These objects blow, okay? Like, seriously, all this broken shit. <laughs> uh, you are free to pick it up. It is object 13 of 538. Your knowledge of their fears is up to you to share, but you may not want to use it as a weapon against them. Okay. Next object. The holder of the adversary. This is object 14, I'm assuming. Whatever that means. Oh, this is, uh, this is another one of the unique ones. This isn't uh, a mental institution in any city, in any country. Venture across the highways and lonely roads until you reach the city's bottom rung. Walk amongst the ones society has cast away. Beggars and poor picked raw by the demands of those better off. Should you come across a scruffy man under a large oak tree holding a bottle of liquor in a paper bag, his shirt sweat-stained and his pants muddied, do not be afraid to ask him if he knows of the one who calls itself the holder of the adversary. More than likely, he will smile knowingly at you, like an old friend with whom you've just shared an inside joke and a beer and a syringe of heroin and a dead baby. Delicious. Do not be alarmed. The man knows of the one you search for. The less fortunate of us often know things we will never dream of. He will guide you to a manhole. Oh, this is going somewhere interesting. And casually slide the metal lid off with one grimy boot. Tossing you a small flashlight which flickers precariously, he will urge you down in the darkness. Oh yeah, he's gonna urge you all up in that manhole. You watch, he's gonna urge the crap out of you. The language on these is getting quite flowery. <laughs> Once inside the... <laughs> <laughs> Once inside the putrid womb of the sewage system, <laughs> you will come to realize that it bears no unpleasant scent. Ooh, that's nice. No scent whatsoever, in fact. But, turning on the flashlight and gazing at your surroundings, you will notice you are in a round room. On all the walls will hang partially decomposed bodies, their owners forever suspended in a state of half-awareness, feeling all the pain and horror of a body withering and rotting around them. Corpses litter the floors, and you may notice that one nearly touches you. Do not shrink back. To show cowardice would invite no creature or entity that you would do well to know. Once you have observed your surroundings, the smell will arrive. <laughs> it will be the most awful thing you could imagine. Human and animal excrement. Sulfur, rotting bodies, burning flesh. It's pretty bad, but uh, I had this vegan roommate once and his shit, oh man, you should put vegan shit in there because that would just, like that's all you would need. <laughs> oh my God. You will want to claw your nose from your face. Yes, yeah, that's exactly how I felt every time I had to go in the bathroom after that dude. And the watering of your eyes will nearly blind you. But do not cower. Do not run. Inhale. Inhale deep, my friend. Let the feces fill your lungs. It's good for you. Keeps you regular. But do not cower. Do not run. And resist. And resist the urge to vomit. You will find a thought in your head. Unbidden. We are the remains of the ones who could not face the adversary. Oh, it is. It's on like Donkey Kong. We're about to play some table tennis, mother trucker. There is no source of this whisper. How careless. <laughs> Though it may curl around you as if carried by the stench itself. Suddenly, 
The bodies will rupture and burst. Ugh. One by one, releasing more of the horrible stench and bathing you in rotted bodily fluids and slimy chunks of human refuse. <laughs> okay. Uh, the corpses will then sink to the floor. And what rises from the slurry... Oh, I've had one of those ones. I think they have them at 7-Eleven, right? It's a wonderful ice cream thing. Mm, slurry. I don't remember having the corpse slurry. <laughs> uh, the corpses then will sink to the floor. And what rises from the slurry is a creature of pure beauty. Man, woman, or something else entirely. It depends on you yourself. It will not be possible to shake your gaze from this gorgeous naked human until you realize the creature is an idealized caricature of you. Confident, heart-achingly gorgeous, smiling a gentle, patient smile. Sounds like me. <laughs> it will be everything you yourself could ever desire to become. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm already that. Why am I here? <laughs> the world just hasn't caught up with me yet. Really, I'm dope. Hmm. It's a little weird. It's a little brainwashy. You will be overcome by a sudden jealousy, a total anger, a need to annihilate this perfect you. Do not give in, no matter how strong the temptation. If you do, you are doomed to the adversary's wrath, and you must rap battle Drake, which is futile and pointless because dude doesn't know how to battle. Okay. You might as well just keep rolling a rock uphill and have it roll back down and roll it back up and it rolls back down and it rolls, roll it back up and it rolls back down. Back to back, back to back, all day rolling it up and down, back to back, like a buddy cop film poster. Don't annihilate the perfect you. If you do, you are doomed to be one of those gross, like, corpses that smell like feces and and dung and poop and um, vegan poop and exploding vegan poop. There is only one question you must ask the exquisite, ooh, exquisite creature. What could they destroy? The holder of the adversary will laugh at you melodically, condescendingly. <laughs> <laughs> There's a combination. Yeah, he laughed at me both melodically and condescendingly. It was amazing. Yeah, one of the best uh, mockings I've ever had. He's amazing. I'm going to go get mocked again next week. Mock the hell out of me. <laughs> Mock me again and again and again, and we'll explain to you as though you are a small, stupid child exactly the answer to your question, which is what could they destroy? Okay. It will spare you no details, even the most horrific, though horrifying. The story will be interesting and calming to listen to. <sighs> and you will find yourself absorbed in a childlike fascination with the holder. You may liken its story to one told to you by a loved one or a guide when you were a child, and you will know that now you have the key to defeating the adversary, that which the damned could not acquire. At the end of the story, the holder will ask, smiling pleasantly, would you like to pull my finger? I made that smell earlier. Oh, I've been eating Indian food and feces. I've been eating demon poop. It's the most heinous poop. What will you do now, my child? That's what the holder will ask while smiling pleasantly and flinging his poop. If it asks you anything else or tells you something different, your fate is sealed. And when you eventually emerge from the sewer, the ragged people you have encountered will descend upon you like ravenous animals and tear you apart with tooth and nail feeding on your body. This is why we need to feed the homeless. Seriously. Can't have any more innocent people devoured by homeless people because they can't get meals. There is no escape. Only the knowledge that it will happen, and will is in italics. 
it will happen. Regardless of your fate, the holder will place an object in your palm and close your hand around it. Keep jerking. <laughs> the holder of the hand job. Uh, you mustn't open your hand. <laughs> and don't you look at me. <laughs> oh, it's late. Mr. Nevermind is tired after a full day of working, and that's when the perversion starts oozing out of my mouth hole. You mustn't open your hand until you are free of this place. It will say, as a fitting goodbye, now you must turn and leave, and do not look back. Once you escape the sewer, and if you are lucky, you may open your fingers. What you find there is a green plastic army man toy. A green plastic army man toy. Uh, so it's like something the army gives you to play with each other's buttholes or something? It's a man toy? It's like a toy you use on men in the army? I didn't know they did that. That's very progressive. That's good. It's good. I'm, glad, I'm glad that they have field wives. <laughs> Just like the old days. Just like Maximus. Oh, Cicero. That toy is object 14 of 538. It must be sanitized because it's been used a lot and it's probably covered in demon poop. It understands how to defeat your greatest foe and must never be allowed to join the rest. But that's what the fuck we're doing right now, aren't we? We're joining them together because... Because we're crazy, that's why. This is obviously something we're not supposed to be doing. Everyone's just like, don't do it, dude, don't do it. And then, like, everything is just ridiculous. And, uh, yeah, we shouldn't be doing this. Which is why, uh... We're going on to object 15. <laughs> Don't tell me what not to do. I'll do it anyway, because you said not to. Oh, object 15, the holder of the past. How can you hold that? In any city, in any country, go to any mental institution or halfway house in... Uh, okay, it actually says mental institution or halfway house in you can get yourself to. So I think the end is unnecessary, I'm assuming. When you reach the front desk, ask to visit someone who calls himself the holder of the past. At the last syllable of your sentence, his eyes should open wide and stare at you as if he was attempting to see past your skin into your soul. Well, do not ask any questions because he won't speak to you. And in the case that he does, but he just, but he won't, but in case he does, you will wish he hadn't. Oh, yeah, I know people like that. Oh, yeah, you know, that guy you used to work with or a classmate or something who was always quiet and you were always trying to get him to open up. And when they did, it was just like, oh, my God, shut the off. I wish you had never started talking. Oh, back in the day, we would just cut your tongue out. Just like the Marquis de Chade. You know the Marquis de Chade? He had his tongue cut out. It was hip back then to have your tongue cut out in prison, you know, and write poetry and prose on the wall in your own feces. He will take you down a long hallway, and you will walk with him for what will seem like hours. It's because he won't shut up. Stare straight ahead the entire time, for if you look at the floor, walls, or ceiling of the hallway, you will run into a dead end, and the worker will pursue you with a hellish bloodlust. Until you... <laughs> okay, I'm not even going to talk about the mechanics of the language, but... You will run into a dead end, and the worker will per will pursue you. So, there's a dead end, but the worker is still pursuing you at a dead end. You're being pursued at a dead end with a hellish bloodlust. 
Okay. So he's pursuing you in place, apparently. You know, it's like mime walking against the wind pursuing you with a hellish bloodlust. Until you are completely disemboweled, like him running in place with hellish bloodlust intent is going to cause you to, to become disemboweled. Um, does this person know what disemboweled means? Does he mean scared to the point where you poop yourself? Because that's not disemboweled. That's something else. <laughs> Unless he's just pursuing the hell out of him, you know. Is, is it like a bring out the gimp situation where he's going to, like, you know, have a ball gag and get pursued against his will? I mean, uh, that's some serious pursuing there, then, if he's being disemboweled. <laughs> if he can't go bowling anymore, then, you know, that's some serious pursuance there. You pursued the living uh, bowels out of this person. All right. After exactly 350 paces, the worker will stop, turn around, and pull a watch out of his pocket. Okay. He will turn the dial backward one hour, and at that point, you will have one hour to complete your task. If you don't, then there are no words to describe your fate. Oh, see, that's... You got off easy there, author, because you don't have to come up with anything now, do you? <laughs> I love you, H.P. Lovecraft, but that's what you did. <laughs> you made things undescribable and unnameable. Mm -hmm. The lights will go out for exactly three seconds. And when they turn back on, you will be in a room with no doors and a tiny red tinted skylight shaped like a pentagram. I've been there. Yeah. Where's the plate of cocaine? This will cast a blood red star in the middle of the room where a splintered cherry table with two seats will be. Ah, there's the cocaine. Sitting at the seat closest to you. Look up. Look down again. Now look left. Now look at Mr. Frying Pan. Look down again. And a man with long, dirty black hair will be face down on the table. <laughs> he did too much cocaine. You better go get that needle and stick it in his chest. <laughs> I said, goddamn. This party crasher is going to have his face down on a, a plate of cocaine. And uh, he will answer to one question. Where did he once stand? The man will speak not of a place that exists on any map. No, of course not, because he is so coked up. But he will describe the room in painfully grotesque detail. Oh, he will. And he'll be red and he'll be doing push-ups. Pay very close attention. He will enumerate exactly how many of what horrible objects hang from spears protruding from the walls. You have the rest of the hour to find the room and sit in his throne. If you fail, I suggest you become armed heavily. I should get more arms? Like how many arms? Like should I have like six arms? I think six would be a good number. I could do a lot of stuff with six arms. I could give you the best hug you've ever had in your life. You won't get away. And you smell delicious. His throne is object 15 of 538. Really? I gotta drag this dude's toilet around? I've already got a dead body ahead. I'm covered in, like, body shit. Like, stinky body pooping trails and disemboweled stuff. Ah. Maybe I could put a few of these things. I could put the dead body in the throne and then put the head in, in her lap and, <laughs> and put the tattoo in her mouth. <gasps> oh, okay. So I can... Okay. It's got wheels. Oh, perfect. This is going to make my, my, my quest a lot easier. His throne... It's nice. It's actually really comfy. I'd be good to sleep in. His throne is object 15 of 538. If brought together, he may once again return. Uh, okay, so... This is object 15. I'm getting the feeling that there isn't one common cause for all these things coming together. If there's 538 of these things and they all come together, 538 freakishly weird things are going to happen, right? That's that's basically what we're heading towards. Or maybe 538 really boring things are going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. That's why we have to do this. All right. Object 16. 
the holder of the future. So this is the guy that gives hugs to that terrible singer who sounds like a robot on drugs, just holds him when, he, when he's coming down off a lean molly because he can't feel his face. I don't know. <laughs> in any city, in any country, go to any mental institution or halfway house you can get yourself to. When you reach the front desk, ask to see someone who calls himself the holder of the future. Do not follow if the attendant offers to show you the way. He is not the true guide and will lead you into madness. <laughs> sneaky. Very sneaky, sis. The true guide will fall silent and hand you a sheet of paper on which the way forward is written in lines of blood and fire. Wicked. Fucking wicked. Walk forward, concentrating on the writing. If your focus doesn't waver, you will pass through both desk and man to find yourself in a long, disused hallway. It may once have seemed opulent, full of color and promise, but the walls are now stained and the carpet is black and filthy. As you pass through the hall, images will flicker in previously unseen windows. It may seem that, from the corner of your eye, you see friends long dead beckon to you, or lost lovers turned young and new once more as they offer themselves to you again. <laughs> Voices seem to whisper that the windows hold second chances, opportunities to make things right. You can choose again, they seem to say, but you mustn't look up from the paper in your hands. To do so is to glimpse fully what watches you from outside, and that would leave you at an end truly beyond salvation. Not even the Salvation Army could help you. That means you're screwed. Accounts differ as to the hallway's ultimate, impossible length. Some say that you must continue to walk until you have glimpsed each of all your possible futures through the windows. But aren't you supposed to be looking at the paper? Or else you'll see the terrible things masturbating? <sighs> Are they at the bottom of the bottomless fucking pit? <laughs> oh, they're waiting to eat me once I never hit the ground. Oh, they're going to be waiting for a long time. In the words of Willie D from the Ghetto Boys, you'll be a waiting motherfucker. <laughs> Others imply that the closer the time of uniting approaches, the shorter one will find the journey to the end of the hall. Okay. If the latter is true, may all who enter find their path long beyond reckoning. You may only look fully away from the paper at the end of the hallway, and even there you may never look behind you. The door before you leads into a ballroom that, like the hallway, has fallen from its former bright elegance into filth and despair. Move forward into the gloom until the door and all chance of escape are lost behind you. Walk with care. The holder watches you even now. Spick, 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 spick. The path forward once passed straight through the center of the room, but the center has not held over the many years, <laughs> and the way has drifted. You may never find your way if it has drifted too far, and you will spend the rest of your unnaturally long life wishing you had given yourself to the window's half-glimpsed temptations. If you are fortunate, however, you will find a single point where the little light remaining fades away completely, and there you must close your eyes and wait, regardless of what should happen next. If you have pleased the holder, <laughs> you will come to hear a cat's soft purr, and you will feel its warmth twining around your feet. You must keep your eyes closed until a voice has asked you, What will you do with them? Three times. <laughs> why? Here's why. To answer the first or second time, will turn the purrs to snarls as the touch of the thousand razor claws pricks your throat. So the cat's really cranky. It's like, no, you gotta ask three times or I will tear you to pieces. Sounds like a cat. Only after the third and final time may you open your eyes. In front of you will be a woman lying on a bed. Oh, okay. What happened to the kitty? Because I was hoping to pet the kitty. Like the kitty? Here, kitty, kitty, 
Okay, but woman on the bed. Okay, there's a woman lying on the bed. All right, don't have a cat, but... As with the rooms that preceded her chamber, she might long ago have been stunningly beautiful. And though she lies naked on her bed, she is nauseatingly fat. Oh, see, that's not cool, man. That's fat shaming. Like, really? Come on now. Her skin pockmarked and bed sores and dead flesh and syphilitic blooms. That's a lot of information. Glad that's in my head now. All right. Hundreds of cats cluster around her. Eventually, one will come to stand expectant at your feet. Speak only to this one, telling him, I will do what I must. <laughs> if I could count the amount of times. If I had a nickel for every time I looked down at a cat and said, I will do what I must. <laughs> and the cat's like, me too. Yeah, let me outside. I want to go murder stuff. I like to murder things. <laughs> what are you going to go do? <laughs> Eat some ice cream, human? Silly, pathetic human. <laughs> you can't even hunt. He will then teach you the language of the cats. Ooh. And once you have learned, the others will tell you a secret that was never meant for human ears. They rub their asses on your toothbrush while you sleep. I know you always suspected it because of that weird, kind of grainy, cat littery taste every time, you, but you thought it was just that new, polishing type of, uh, you know, toothpaste, you know? Exfoliating toothpaste, really. But it's not. It's, it's not. You must never reveal it until such time when you have nothing else in the world to give. Cats are jealous creatures and delight in the pain of those who betray their trust. <laughs> their secret is the 16th of 538. I may speak no more of it. And uh, I feel like that's good advice. I feel like I should speak no more right now of this. Until next time. <laughs> I'm going to go talk to the kitties. Yes. <laughs> and I'm going to go boil my toothbrush. Jason, never mind. Signing out. Good night. Have a pleasant tomorrow. Enjoy brushing your teeth. The Creepy Poop Cast is a presentation of the Vampire on a Pony Network. You can email the Creamy Jock Cast at Vampire on a Pony at gmail.com pleasant dreams and enjoy your intoxication remember to lock your doors and close your drapes because the lock on your back door is very easy to get open with common household tools and i know that you have delicious ham in your ice box yum h m m m ham i love ham what are you doing i thought i locked my back door Get your drunken mouth off of my special ham. I love my ham. I go ham in the supermarket. Cough it up. Come on, cough the ham up into my mouth.